Welcome back. This is a blog post episode on seeking balance. You may hear balance is something you need to work on in your life, balancing all aspects of your life. Super important uh, if you want to be stable mentally, physically, and family life in particular, which is the topics that we're going to discuss here, or I'm going to discuss rather. Uh, it comes from a series of blog posts I wrote. Generic one, seek balance you must, and then physical, mental, and family life as mentioned. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions since 2013. Right? You can, of course, support us by donating to us. Actually, I added a donate function on to the um, blog post, blog at utkimblog.com. Uh, there's a donate option. You just donate whatever you want. Obviously, I'd love to do this more often, but my time is limited. So you can do that. You can, of course, become a regular student of ours. The website for that is www.urbantacticskm.com. We should be accepting new students by the time you're listening to this, I hope. Um, so there's that. You can also follow us on Instagram and, and Twitter, Urban Tactics Kramaga, Urban Tactics KM at Twitter. Twitter just bounces everything else. And of course, Facebook, Urban Tactics And of course, if you would like to learn online, not virtual classes, but just look at our curriculum and learn at your own pace. You can go to www.utkmu.com. Again, I'll add content as I have more time to do that. And uh, the bigger I get, the easier it is. So there is that. Uh, those are all the ways you can support this. So if you like this podcast or you like Kramaga in general, keep listening, keep supporting. So here's the podcast. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions. Okay, so first I'm just going to dive right into it and put up the first post. And uh, I think I wrote this actually because I was watching Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh for the millionth time best part of star wars up until the mandalorian although i still think clone wars is better so far um and of course star wars rebels and then i realized the discussion of the jedi gray jedi and sith and but i'll get into it more so here is seek balance you must seek balance you must a while ago i wrote about taking control through training what I was really talking about is achieving balance. Now, more than ever, balance is what we need. In a world where it's more important to take a side than to seek the truth, a world where it's easier to believe what you are told rather than research it in depth from multiple sources. Now, more than ever, both as individuals and as a society, do we need to learn to take more moderate approach? Photo of the Jedi, Sith, and Grey Jedi codes. Enter the Jedi and the Sith. In the Star Wars universe, the Jedi are presented as the good guys, with the Sith as their polar opposite bad guys. This, of course, depends on who you ask. The Jedi, disciplined warrior monks, claim to seek balance in the Force, 
Yet their own moral superiority, among other things, blinded them to the quiet rise of the great Sith Lord Palpatine. If we look at the actions and beliefs of the different Force user creeds, it w could be said that the not-so-often-spoke-about Grey Jedi are actually the ones who seek balance. I'm using the codes in the photo, but there are various versions. The Jedi Code is as follows. There is no emotion. There is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the Force. Sounds nice, right? So how about these warrior monks, bolstered by a set of seemingly simple guidelines, get so overwhelmed? Simple. They did not actually seek balance. Rather, they took a generalized, non-interference stance and planted themselves firmly on a moral high ground. Even when we ask or subtly manipulated, they avoid getting involved in the universal events. They assumed they were always correct and that their actions, as long as they are in line with their code, were beyond reproach. Can you relate? Maybe you can, or maybe you can't. But often, this is the view we take of whatever group we have decided to latch onto, acting as though any other group might as well be Sith. The Sith Code is as follows. Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The Force shall set me free. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Which is often how we view the other. Click link. We assume someone or something we disagree with must only want to take power and control over us, to impose their ideals on us. While there is certainly truth in that regarding the nature of the Sith, their code is much more about personal growth than you may have realized. This is part of the reason the Jedi failed. They became stagnant, unwilling to grow or change. The Sith, however, were adapting and changing, growing into better versions of themselves until they could strike. Of course, it's easy to denounce that which is the other, but if you really know Star Wars, then you know that not everyone thinks the Jedi are pure and innocent. The problem with the both of these creeds is that they do not actually seek balance, that which the Force, the universe, actually wants. The Jedi, much like priestly sects, deny their true feelings and desires, and in doing so, they deny the true nature of living. Their denial of what they truly are caused misstep after misstep because they were not using all the strengths they possessed and refuse to embrace their full potential. The Sith, on the other hand, do not seek balance, because they don't deny any of their feelings. They don't even try to control them. They unleash it all to try to bend the Force to their wills. This, of course, leads to the erratic and foolhardy acts. After all, there is a reason that there are not many Sith around at any one time. They all kill each other. The irony of this is that if you go too far in one direction, they become one and the same. If you are too Puritan, too ideological, then you may become so rigid and uncompromising that you find yourself eating your own, much like the Sith, because there is no balance to rein you in. While the Jedi did not literally destroy themselves, their blind actions and or inactions led to their own downfall. But in more real-world sense, ask yourself, at what point does your group based on strong beliefs and political ideology, come first circle and turn into the other whom you thought were the intolerant ones. 
When did the Jedi become the Sith? If you are honest, you will see it often throughout history. The solution is true balance, to control yourself and to embrace new ideas, to leverage the strength of both views to meet in the middle. Enter the Great Jedi. Quickly. Never heard of them? That's because the movies don't talk about them much, but they were there, first mentioned in a comic and first seen in the video games. They adhere to the following code. There is no light without the dark. Through passion, I gain focus. Through knowledge, I gain power. Through serenity, I gain strength. Through victory, I gain harmony. There is only the Force. Even on a quick read, it's far more balanced. They embrace their true nature while controlling and cultivating personal growth in the process. And they understand that the Force is something bigger, and simply is. The Great Jedi tend to still be Jedi at heart, seeking peace and balance in the universe, but bending the code to allow for change and growth in a balanced way. It was, after all, a Great Jedi who guaranteed the survival of the Jedi Order after most were gone. I am referring, of course, to Qui-Gon Jinn, who was the one who discovered the secret of life after death. Click link. Despite the fact that this is not something the Jedi would do, this allowed Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi to continue guiding those who came after them, keeping the Jedi alive. So it is balance, which we all deep down seek. It is the hardest thing to do because we either define ourselves by our rigid rules and labels that we feel cannot be broken, or we allow our emotions to overwhelm us. Both are disastrous in the long run. Any change is difficult due to the required self-reflection. You aren't always right. And the realistic assessment of your beliefs, behaviors, and choices. You can't party all the time. Achieving balance is the hardest task many of us will ever face. So most don't. Start by asking yourself, am I truly seeking balance within myself, in my political opinions, in my religious beliefs? Am I being restricted by unbending rigidity or losing myself in uncontrollable emotions? No matter the path you take, you are truly honest with yourself. Then you will be on the first step on the journey towards balance, a mental and emotional stability which will help you find peace and serenity that you seek. Written by Jonathan Fader. Audio by Jonathan Fader. Okay, how is that? So if you're not a Star Wars nerd, it will be harder to follow. But just remember that Star Wars is a huge part of pop culture, not just in the West, but in the whole world. And often when you look at Star Wars, you're looking at the Jedi. We all know the Jedi, right? And of course the Sith. Mm, only serious fans know about the Great Jedi. Examples of the Great Jedi are Ahsoka Tano in the end, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, these are essentially people who realized that the way the path of the Jedi, and I've read things saying it's actually Yoda that kind of blinded them, because he was so respected, they only listened to the wise master Yoda, and they all deferred to his knowledge. Um, but the great Jedi essentially realized there's a problem with uh, the balance. They're not balanced anymore, because they're denying their emotions outright, denying their feelings outright. Um, well, as the Sith embrace it fully. Now, how does this relate to your real world? Well, you know, it's just a metaphor, an analogy, for the real world that we live in. Often when you're listening to or watching fiction, like how could these people come up with stuff? Well, I generally believe that true 
just uninterfered creativity is an, a rarity. You're more likely to win the lottery than to be truly creative. It's, it's more likely you're going to copy somebody. And so, you know, they say truth is stranger than fiction because you can't believe the ridiculous things that real life is. But the reality is, it's that they actually tone down what we watch fiction. That's why they, they uh, censor it so that we don't get a real version of the world around us because entertainment is meant to be an escape from the real world. That's often why people don't like it when I say stuff that is too real for them. They want to be spoon fed this this garbage that's done for marketing you know oh you know if you believe in yourself you can do just think positively you can well there is so much more to it than that so strangers in fiction they're writing it they're coming from somewhere they're drawing from their lives they're drawing from something now every day to day people struggle to find balance because we're trying so hard to be pure like the jedi get straight grades uh you know get straight a's sorry or do it as expected us and be perfect and never wavering and keep absolute control. Uh, or there are those who just reject it all and just go totally on their emotions. Of course, you know, while that is certainly an option, if you do that, people are not going to like you very much, right? A lot of leadership stuff really comes down to how to get liked more than anything. And if people like you, they can follow you or if they respect you, they can follow you. But if you just run around emotionally, disrupting everything then it's going to be tough right now again um just to go over the gray jedi code there is no light without the dark right it's accepting there's balance you have to have both everything is oscillation right if you have zero means nothing okay and in the tangible world that we live in there is no such thing as nothing if you try to think about nothing then you will have a mental break <laughs> realistically now i've heard um world-class leaders talk about this that the obsession with always being happy is a very big problem right the light of happiness and they say without the comparative nature of your bad days or your negative days do you really know what it is to be happy like it's all about balance light dark right you need both and we've all met those people who are just insanely happy all the time now, I think there's either something wrong with them where they're faking it uh, or their life is absolutely perfect, which is not likely. And I, I find them very hard to deal with. They're weird, personally. So that's something to consider. And also, you know, in that sense, in the balance that you have to accept good and the bad, right? So going through the Great Jedi Code again, through passion, I gain focus, right? So this is true, very through success. You need to be interested in things, passionate about stuff, and you'll be focused in, you know, on that one. If you want to do something, you got to focus on. Now, while I am often a uh, proponent for generalization, we need more people who are generalized. The more you f you'll have limited energy, so you'll, if you're passionate about something, you should follow it. Now, you have, do have to know if it's a hobby or not, because if you're passionate about something that can't sustain you, it's going to be a problem for sure again it comes down to that balance but you should dedicate your time or part of your time to that and then you can focus on that stuff right going through it again through knowledge i gain power this is a big one if you want a balanced life especially nowadays in the social media world you need knowledge 
you need to know how to decipher the facts or fictions that you are being fed. And in order to do that, you need knowledge. And you gain the power through the freedom of being able to make your own decisions, right? The whole debate online, Fox, CNN, they're both full of shit. Though one or the other at any given time, depending on the sphere of the politics, will be telling more truths than not, but they're both manipulating. It's all about the clicks. By the way, I should put this out there. If you are following something, let's take, I'm going to use a Canadian magazine, McLean's Magazine. Uh, a lot of people, you go through the comment section. McLean's used to be this. I don't like McLean's. How could you keep doing this, McLean's? Blah, 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 blah. I see it all the time. It's like, you morons don't understand that you're giving them the ability to do it. And they post that stuff knowing you're going to get mad at them because they get the clicks and the money. It's not about journalism anymore. Very few real journalists in the mainstream anymore, to be honest. M less so in America, more so in other countries. But it's going out the window as the internet has brought way to m new forms of media. The legacy medias are holding on for dear life. You don't like s the way something is going. Well, you can follow them. Don't comment. Don't like. Don't. Or then last resort, don't follow them. Then they can't do it. And then they don't bother you, right? But you do need to have the knowledge of what is the other side saying. What are the facts? What are the up-to-date facts, right? COVID is a perfect example. And of course, if you listen to our series on COVID and critical thinking, you might have a better idea. If you don't know how to read a scientific study, then you don't know if you're being manipulated. I have read various scientific studies in a variety of fields, and you can tell that it's kind of a bullshit study done very poorly, and I don't really care what they think because it's like dude you didn't even do scientific method or you had a very small sample group so if you just have an expert saying my study i had a, a freaking professor who was the reason why i left university because it's like wow they really are going blind bad shit crazy left wing especially in the field of psychology social psychologies etc anyways i took evolutionary psychology and it's this. It I. It's a field that I really want to learn, and they basically were saying it's a bullshit. I'm teaching this course because I want to have an experience. She basically didn't care that we were there to learn evolutionary psychology. She wanted an experience, and it's all about her. And she hated the field. She thought it was a disgusting field of psychology. It's like, why are you teaching this course? You don't know anything. Her expertise was a PhD. In the marketing of PowerPoint, she's like, I know how to make the perfect PowerPoint. And just in the class, I'm like, I didn't tell her. It's like, dude, I know people, high school kids, elementary school kids who can make better PowerPoints than you that are more appealing. Like, Jesus Christ, that's what you got your PhD in? And I had the knowledge and foresight to realize, I don't want to sit here and waste my time in this course being fed garbage and, and doing what I do best is battling people who are full of shit. And I left. And then I said, you know, if this is going to be... You know, I, was, uh, I had about 90 credits, so basically done my third year. But I was getting into the third and fourth year courses in psychology. I'm like, I have a feeling this is what a lot of the third and fourth year courses are going to be like. Me battling moron professors who believe they're bullshit. And because I have knowledge outside, I don't just rely on them for knowledge. Like a lot of the 18-year-olds. And I'm like, I'm out. I gain power. Screw this. This is a waste of my time. I got what I needed out of psychology, which was not a piece of paper. I got the knowledge that I wanted and I didn't want to waste money or time doing that. So I gained my power. Now, moving on in the great Jedi fashion, through serenity, I gained strength. 
So in serenity means being calm. If you're calm and happy with yourself, that you will gain strength. If you allow yourself to be overwhelmed by your emotions, you will lose control and you will cause unhappiness, most likely because you have negative self-thoughts or because um, you're antagonizing people around you. So you have to learn to be calm. By the way, this is something I'm still working on. I'm a lot better than I used to. Hormones and stuff are something that's really hard to control, especially if you don't get regular testing to see it, to really zero in on what what stable hormone levels you should be. Now, if you're in Canada, unless you doctors here don't want to do regular testing to do that kind of experimental stuff because it's a socialized healthcare and that's the negative side of it. I break my bone, I go in, great. But, you know, some people have various hormone levels that are off or not off and basically the best way to find this out one is tailoring with your diet but i'll get to that but also is to test do blood work regularly check your hormone levels and and really see where you're at and you need to understand what your baselines are uh and again i'll get into it later but i find if i go on a keto diet which is good for me for my health reasons it screws with my mentality because my testosterone jacks through the roof and i found this out accidentally and I'm already an aggressive person. And I found out, I got asked after doing a test, are you on steroids? No. Just on a protein diet. And my testosterone was way high for someone my size. And then I always forget this. Like I do keto every once in a year usually just to sort of do a reset. And I always get aggressive and I get annoyed and fight and stuff. And it's like, why am I doing this? What the hell is going on? I thought I was getting better. Oh, shit. I'm on keto. My hormones are off, right? So there are aspects that are that are within your control because you can do proper testing, but you do have to realize that, that we are biologically driven beings, right? So serenity can be many things. It can be done through the power of habit. Some people find that very useful. Me, I get stressed if I'm locked into a t- rigid, rigid schedule personally, um, but for a lot of people that works, right? So... Finding serenity can come in all sorts of forms, whether it's meditation, walks, pets, good friends, movies. You just need a method to find that serenity. A lot of people do meditation. Again, I find regimented routine really difficult, so getting into that is uh, hard for me. Not that I have anything against meditation. But again, I think in my particular case, there may be some hormonal and genetic things that are harder to overcome, and that's you know that's uh, an example of... Uh, uh, Treatment-resistant depression, basically, where there's more. You're going to have to do a lot more than just taking some medication, which I'll talk about again later, right? Uh, Moving through on this, because I can keep going on in that. Through victory, I gain harmony. Well, what's victory to you? Is it getting up every day? Is it winning a competition? Too often people think victory are like big victories, but you can make them little, little victory. Really, I would look at this... I, well, I'm not sure this is what the Great Jedi Code means, but I would look at this as, are you getting enough victories in your day, your week, your month, your year, your family life, your mental life, that you can stay balanced, right? If you have your serenity and you have everything there, you can maintain your harmony. Everything is just naturally in balance through your little victories, through your big victories, right? In balance with your losses, right? No light, no dark, right? In balance with your passions, um, just find a way to find victories on a day to day, minute by minute, day by day. You know, tie that into um, an often thing you can do is uh, when you want to get through a really difficult task, say Navy SEAL. 
training buds often how do you do it well you don't think about the whole course you say i just need to get to lunch boom victory good then i got my motivation i just need to get to dinner victory Mm, i just need to get through this thing victory and you feed off of that to overcome the negatives you're gonna have negatives right so victory isn't just being the best because you know what i I if you know me well you'll know i don't everyone can't be the best stop accept it you can try to be the best you can be the best so you have to make your goals and your goal setting and your expectations lower if you're looking for victories i just want to get up and make my bed that's a common one you know jordan peterson i still don't do that one because i really could care less it doesn't bother me but for so many people it does and that little victory in the morning jordan peterson's uh 12 rules of life i think he's coming out with another one uh, i'll put 12 rules of life in the uh in the thing um so you can see but it's a really good book i know a lot of people shit on him but if you don't read his books, if you don't listen to what he's saying, he's a very successful counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. He's not a psychiatrist. I forgot. Um, but that book is very good. Um, and one of the things is, of course, make your bed. So that would be considered a victory. Finding your victories so that you can balance the negative in your days and maintain a, a perception of control, which is a big one, the locus of control, etc., that losing fear of losing control or not having control is a big one right, in COVID. I'm not losing my business isn't suffering because of anything I did. I have zero control over what the government decides to do and what other dumb crap people decide to believe. And I'm stuck and I feel like I have no control. A lot of people felt like that. Right. So you have to find, even though I just, I won't get into that. It's ridiculous how the world re- reacted to this. Anyways, you have to find your victories so you can gain your harmony right now of course it ends there is only the forest which is not necessarily relative to real life but you could say the force is god if you believe in that you could say the force is the rules of the universe you know physics you could say the force is just the idea of balance right you need to find your peace somehow now that's my interpretation of that right it's important to understand that because we're often fed just the jedi or just the sith that dichotomy of extremes is what we're being fed right now, especially nowadays. That's not balance. People aren't even trying anymore. Our leaders are failing because they're just seeking the money and re-election and I need to get the, the loudest 10% on each side are the ones who pay the most money and then there's uh, special interests and all of this stuff. And realistically, we as humans have a tendency to focus on the extremes, the Jedi or the Sith, yet the balance comes from the middle. It's always the gray Jedi who are fixing stuff. Spoiler alert, uh, if you, what Anakin Skywalker could have been, you find out what he should have been, which is the literal balance of the force, maintaining the balance between an extreme force wielder uh, Sith, the Dark Lord, an extreme force wielder Death, uh, sorry, Jedi, Light, Force wielders are just absolute users of the force one way or the other because their father, these two siblings who represented each side of the force, were out of balance. The father was a great Jedi and Anakin was supposed to replace the father when he died. Uh, and he cho- he rejected it and was drawn closer and closer to the dark side, the Sith. But really, in the, in the Star Wars universe, it's those who choose to walk both paths and aren't swayed too much by one or the other that find the balance in the force and bring back the balance of the force. You must accept the fear. You must accept it, not deny it. You must accept 
the anger, not deny it. You must accept the love, not deny it. The Jedi deny it. The Sith outright embrace with no limitation. The great Jedi limit and control and find the balance. It's the hardest thing to do in life is find your balance, especially when you're in the rat race of life. If the, you know, getting up and meditating every day, like I used to do when I had a sauna readily available. I loved it. I like doing it in the sauna. Don't have that anymore. And my motivation is gone for that. I'm not going to get up and drive somewhere, go to the sauna to do it. So it's just like, oh, whatever. No big deal. The time will come when it happens. I can do it again. But you need to find your balance, right? What makes you happy? What do you need to do in order to not just be stuck in the rat race? Uh, we'll get into this on each of the variety of topics in, in more detail um, as you need to. And parts of this balance are, of course, uh, physical. Physical is super important. If you're obese, it is not okay. If you had a bad childhood, bad parenting, bad diet, you can fix it as an adult. You can do it. There's a trend in society and social media to think, make people think it's okay to be obese just because it hurts their feelings to point it out. But I'll stop there and start with seeking balance you must physical. Seek balance you must physical. Last week I wrote about the need for balance using the metaphor of the Jedi, Sith, and Grey Jedi. On a surface level, it may seem it's just about morality in Star Wars, something I hope you enjoyed, unless you had a deprived childhood. Really, however, it was a mirror of real life. Today, and perhaps always, us humans have a tendency to be drawn towards extremes, when really the center is where you must be. On the macro level, the center is somewhere around average of society as a whole or the median behaviors and beliefs of society. On the micro or personal level, the center can be very, very wildly, as what the center is for one person may be considered extreme by another. Yet, we must all find our own centers if we expect to enjoy the rest of our lives. The first aspect of center, balance, and in today's world perhaps one of the most important, is finding balance physically diet and nutrition. Often we begin making healthy changes by logically introducing exercise, but really what we fuel ourselves with is more important starting point. The modern consumer advertising landscape can make it difficult to know what is healthy, given all the confusion created by marketing and cost-saving measures. The first thing you need to understand is that the food industry is demonstrably corrupt, ethically and technologically which is why we have been dealing with so much misinformation for so many years. Listen to the episode of the Rubin Report featuring Dr. Mark Hyman Hyman? Hmm. to get a good idea of the big picture. Remember how, for many years, the healthy eating pyramid focused on bread and grains. Canada preferred circles and curves. Who knows why. This was partially due to the continued corrupting influence of various food and beverage lobby groups. Uh, personally, lobbyists should be banned, whatever. But also due to the fact that at all the time it was developed, the major global nutrition problem was lack of calories, or rather access to food. So governments focused on getting people easy and cheap calories like bread. Though, as we now know, heavily processed foods, like many breads out there, may not actually be good for us. Now that the modern goal really is health and nutrition, it's time for the marketing machine of corruption 
to try to convince us consumers that their products are the best options, one way or another. In the same ad space, there are companies and groups touting the benefits of vegan vegetarianisms, while others promote a fully carnivore diet. Polar opposites. While some people may benefit from the restrictive diets due to specific issues such as various autoimmune diseases, the best advice for most is actually a balanced diet containing fats, proteins, and healthy carbohydrates. In other words, eat a variety of whole grain fruits and vegetables, fresh meats and fish, without hormones or additives, and a good dose of fats. Fats are good, you say? Yes, they are very important. For years, cholesterol was demonized outright, and while there is good and bad cholesterol, it is still not properly understood by large. A lot of doctors are way out of date on this stuff, FYI. The CDC simply said that too much cholesterol puts you at a higher risk of heart disease and stroke, and cholesterol can be confusing. But new research out of the Mayo Clinic, and other, a lot of others actually, suggests it is actually your cholesterol ratios that matter. Ratio of cholesterols to other things. Of course, most doctors will still recommend some kind of medication for higher cholesterol instead of checking the ratio or recommending dietary changes. How about the word carbohydrates? Let's make it clear. In most cases, you will, at some point, need them. Even the keto diet, which is uh, um, carbohydrate-restrictive, heavily protein and fats, diet is not meant to be uh, too long-term, but rather a reset diet for your body and metabolism. By carbohydrate, again, I mean whole vegetable and fruits. Some breads may be okay, depending on your genetic makeup, or pasta for that matter, and depending on what's actually in them. Fresh homemade bread, or pasta, will always be better on account of control of the ingredients. Wonder Bread, for example, is so processed, it is hardly bread at all. And, as far as meat is concerned, I can speak for myself, in that whenever I have gone off meat for too long, my body breaks down. Some people may be able to get away with that for long term, but others may not. Remember, genetics and other factors can change who needs what. Without proper testing, which costs money, it can be hard to know how your body processes certain foods and nutrients. When it comes to meat, organic grass-fed beef, without hormones or antibiotics, fresh fish and free-range chickens are what you want. Factory farming is a disgusting practice and should be banned that is protected by lobbyists, which is ridiculous. That does not mean that we shouldn't eat meat, rather than that the means we should change the acceptable methods of raising our harvesting our, and are harvesting our meat. And yes, the damage that cows do to the environment has been wildly exaggerated, so get over yourself if you're still confusing bad farming practices with eating meat in general. So how do you decide? Well, balance is what most of us need. Therefore, find a ratio of meat, fish, chicken, whole foods for carbohydrates and fats that works best for you. Maybe even throw in some intermittent fasting, and you will find that attaining balance is what you seek for all aspects of your life. It was actually made easier by simply changing how you fuel yourself and what you put in your face hole. Exercise. This is normally our first thought when we consider getting healthy and finding our physical balance. It is a huge market, And yes, of course, full of BS and corruption. How many trends and magic fixes have you seen that took your money or your sanity? Remember, in the absence of fancy programs or equipment, all you actually need is your body, some time, and movement to get in shape. 
Bodyweight exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, squats, burpees, are some of the best, as they can be done anytime, anywhere, by anyone, and don't put excess strain on our body. Should be noted, thanks to COVID, there is tons of free workouts on Instagram, which makes them a great place to start from. Walking, jogging, and running are also easy to get into, even if you have to start slow and work up to full runs. Although running, if done excessively, can damage your knees and other joints, so change up your cardio and try not to do too much. Sprinting is in many ways more efficient, especially if you do not have a lot of time. Try doing 100 meter sprints, walk back, 100 meter sprint, walk back, as fast as you can. Do it 10 times, and you will feel like you just ran 10 marathons. If you're not peaking at the end of that, you weren't doing it properly. Other ways you can work out to build muscles and other hormones is a classic method of lifting weights. Personally, I think the Russian methodology of never going to your limit is probably a healthier way to approach this type of exercise. I know many powerlifters out there will disagree, but I, much like those who run all the time, the practice can and eventually often rather quickly wreck your body. Um, powerlifting runners, anyone who does it excessively needs to consider, potentially consider the fact that they have an addiction. Just putting that out there. Yes, some people can run, lift, and s- run and lift super heavy their whole lives without problems. But remember, if we seek balance, then using the outliers to measure ourselves may not be such a great idea. Most of us are in the middle of the bell curve on any given thing. And if we try to do what the outliers do, we may just wreck ourselves. And that applies to a lot of things, actually. No matter how you choose to get physical, from running to lifting to martial arts, you need to find something to do. The importance is not what you do, although it does depend on your goals, but the fact you are doing it and doing it consistently. Conclusion. If you eat poorly and don't exercise, which is so many people these days, for example, 40% of Americans are obese and the idea that it's okay to be unhealthy is being pushed by pop culture. It's insane. So just remember, you are not living a balanced lifestyle, if that is the case. Additionally, you will be prone to poor health and a high risk for premature death. Seeking balance means getting active and staying active by finding activities you actually enjoy doing. For example, I have enjoyed running and lifting for a while, but in the long run, I don't actually get that much enjoyment out of them. This is why I choose to train in martial arts. However, for the sake of balance, I use other activities to balance out my physical fitness the best I can as that is the goal. Do what you do enjoy most of the time, but supplement that with other supportive activities enough so that your body can stay healthy in a balanced way, not just cardio, not just strength, not just agility. No matter what you do, stay active and eat properly. And don't jump on to the next trend just because the media told you to do it. Look at the research on all aspects of health and fitness. And you will see that vast majority of health science points towards balanced diets and balanced exercise program, which involves activities that are enjoyable, but also push you without destroying you. So what are you waiting for? Channel your inner gray Jedi and start your journey towards physical balance. Correct your weaknesses and improve your strengths. Written by Jonathan Fader. Also, I am not an expert on these things, as I do not have any letters after my name saying so. However due to the internet, with direct access to those at the forefront of nutrition and health through the 
podcasts, uh, research papers, etc., I or you may actually know enough to make informed and updated decisions and be more informed than people who are supposed to know better. But whatever. Okay, so that was seeking balance physically. Fact. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and look up the thousands and thousands of corroborating studies that say you need to be healthy. You need to eat healthy. You need to exercise. You can't just sit on your couch or sit in your office chair and never have exercise as part of your life. It's undeniable. And in fact, the fact that governments, global, first of all, elected leaders shouldn't be allowed to look unhealthy. I'm sorry. You're overweight, shouldn't be allowed to be an elected leader because you're setting a bad example. If you are an elected leader, you're a politician of any kind, you're a leader in any kind, and you are not promoting a healthy lifestyle. And I understand we don't want bullying, and I understand we don't want people to feel like terrible uh, about themselves, but the reality is there is no denying it. Eating poorly, being obese, having an unhealthy health lifestyle will only ever affect you and everybody else negatively. If you don't care about anyone else, fine. I don't care. Care about yourself. And if, you ca- if you're one of those people who cares about everyone else and doesn't care about yourself, I'm not okay with that because then you are not optimized to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And it's hard. It's going to take diet and exercise and, of course, balance. One of the big problems with diet and nutrition is that we are told you have to be strict. Now, you do sometimes, but not forever. The idea you have to be on a strict diet forever is, is not practical for most people. Some people who are very disciplined can stay on a strict, strict diet forever. But the reality is a strict diet should just be a temporary thing. As I'm recording this, I just am ending a keto cycle. I do a, f- a couple-day fast every January, then keto. As I mentioned, it makes me cranky, so I have to be careful with that. But I actually end up with more energy. And it just reminds me that I, you know, obviously I'm not going to stay full keto all the time. You're not supposed to, by the way. Uh, There are extreme cases where some people, like actually Jordan Peterson has talked about for him, he's got health issues, specific ones where being eating only meat has helped him greatly. But that's not going to be the case for most people. The reality is, you know, if if you're doing what's called a reset diet or you're just starting your journey, you might need to be on a strict diet for a month or two just to kickstart your body, just to kickstart it, right? One thing for sure, any, any kind of strict reset diet, whether it be keto, whether it be a vegan thing, whether whatever it's going to be, carnivore, you can't got to cut out the sugar, sugar and processed foods, period. Like that's just a thing. Now, one thing that I uh, discussed is that um, – it needs to be enjoyable. Once you get past those reset periods, it is okay um, to have a cheat day. As long as you're eating well four to six days a week, most of the time you can eat well, right? The idea of being extreme is what makes diets and healthy living so difficult. If it's not built into your lifestyle of what you enjoy doing, it's going to be hard, right? I can do strict diets for like a month maybe six weeks and then i'm like right i do enjoy my sweets sometimes and i do enjoy a pizza sometimes and they're fine once in a while 
of course, in your one way to do a uh, simple way to do it, you know, I was doing this before, but as people like uh, Tim Ferriss do it, where just don't bring unhealthy food into your house. And if you do, it's in very small quantities for a specific reason. So don't bring cookies, don't bring chips, don't bring refined sugar, right? You, there's other alternatives for healthier sweeteners if you need to, honey being one of the better ones. Right, natural natural honey is what I use most of the time for sweetening. Occasionally use other stuff. You know, if I just like, you know, screw it, I'm gonna make some chocolate chip cookies, then you know, whatever, might do that. But that's that's very rare. Most of our snacks or uh, our sugary snacks are actually with honey sweetener, personally. Right? So just keeping stuff out of your house. Right? If you go out and you buy it, then that's your your uh you know, thing. Now, if you live, say, in an apartment, hey, you buy that candy bar in a store and you eat it, okay, go up the damn stairs. I cannot tell you how much it pisses me off when people don't have things in their hands and there's like a 10-minute wait in the uh, elevator in an apartment and they don't want to take the stairs and they're able to, right? So that that's another thing you can consider. Well, I'll talk about in the physical. It's just building things into your life. But with regards to diet, you got to find things that work work for you right um for example i have gone on the dolce diet right i even uh did a post on that previously if you search the blog utkinblog.com for the post you can see i did it and i you know i didn't lose a crazy amount of weight because i wasn't going crazy strict but i put on mass and toned up exactly what it is if you go to the dolce website for example and lose 21 pounds in 21 days you can do that. And the guy is shredded. Like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He was a former uh, diet person for uh, UFC fighters way back in the day. Now, he's a bit of a... If he does have a podcast, you can listen to it. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. Now, I find he's a bit of a... Like, he's he's an interesting guy. So, you know, I, I like his diet as a reset option, right? It's a balanced reset option, too. It's not strict on anything. You get meat, you get, you get balance, and they balance it according. It's not an extreme. It's not cutting too much stuff out, just balancing it and making sure you're getting the right calories in and calories out. Now, the thing is, when it comes to diet, you have to remember there's a lot of bullshit out there. Who's paying for it? Yeah, that's right, sugar companies, Coca-Cola, et cetera, all these stuff. And it's very famous. I mean, I think Joe Rogan talked about it a million times about how the sugar industry basically paid people to demonize um, uh, stuff, demonize fat. Yeah, it's, you can look it up, demonize fat, where basically they made saturated fats the enemy. Really, it's been sugar and, and uh, processed foods this whole damn time, so much so it's ingrained that doctors still believe that, you know, if you have high LCL cholesterol, you're going to drop dead and you need to go on statins. That's not correct anymore based on the up-to-date research that people have done. By the way, a lot of this stuff has changed. Independent researchers who are financially wealthy and are seeking out health and wellness are actually finding out the truth now because it's the, the money is becoming independent. Now, you do have to be careful. It's not coming from woo-woo people or anything else. Now, good people to follow, like in-depth you know, for f fitness uh, diet, uh, is uh, I like Ben Greenfield, so you can get bengreenfieldfitness.com. He's got a blog. He was one of the top personal training coaches in America at one time. But he interviews people at the front, like the forefront of their fields, like the absolute forefront of the fields, right? I'm not an expert on this stuff. Don't listen to the doctor on CNN. Don't listen to the doctor on CBC. They're not experts at the extreme level. You're not going to get access to the best of the best most of the time on mainstream media. And if you do, they're pushing some sort of spin. 
right? We saw this with COVID. Uh, and another person who's been, you know, uh, on Ben Greenfield, Rogan, both of them have been on Rogan, is Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Now, what's good about Dr. Rhonda Patrick is she uh, does insane in-depth research into the research that's already done, right? Uh, and that's what science should be. It shouldn't always be people doing new things. It should be people looking at what's already there. What have other people found out? Let's get through all the bullshit and find stuff out. Now, if you want to follow Dr. Rhonda Patrick, foundmyfitness.com. Um, now, the thing is with her is it's very science dense. Like sometimes you have to listen to her stuff multiple times, right? Well, as Ben Greenfield, it'll really depend on who the guest is. Some are very science, some more practical. And honestly, uh, you know, if you're a religious uh, Christian, you might like Ben Greenfield as well because he does that as well. Um, but, you know, it's not just about that. But, you know, these two people are doing more for figuring out up-to-date fitness stuff than your doctor will, for sure. Fitness and nutrition, I should say. Fitness and nutrition, correct myself. So those are two of my favorite resources for being up-to-date. What's, you know, the research in the last few years? What's what stuff? Now, someone like Ben Greenfield, if you listen to him all the time, you'll notice that... Um, He'll change his mind about something in six months. Well, God, that's the proper way to do something because he found new research that changed his mind and he went in a different direction. He also likes to do a lot of experimentation on himself. Right? Dr. Rounder Patrick will just do what she knows for sure for herself based on extensive research uh, that you do. And these are people that if you're not sure, these are great resources for that. Right? Um, now, uh, I mentioned for diet specifically, if you're looking for a decent reset diet, Dolce diet's a good one. There's tons of them out there. Uh, I also, again, will do, and I actually take a lot of the recipes they used and just sort of keep it in my daily basis, But and I'll do a major keto one once or twice a year. The other thing, and I'm not going to link the research because uh, go to Ben Greenfield's website and Dr. Rhonda Patrick's website regarding fasting. <clears throat> now, I know people, I have people i know that take this to the extreme because it gets results right you're, you're 100 pounds overweight and you start fasting and they limit themselves to a uh, four-hour window so intermittent fasting i should say now there's research to say every three to six months maybe do a two to five day um fast just to reset you, you do something called autophagy where your cells start to eat the bad cells and you do that and then outside of that, you can do some sort of intermittent fasting, right? Though, remember growing up, they used to say, eat your breakfast. It's good for you. You you will have a bad day if you don't. It turns out that might not be true. Now, ideally, I think the research does show, I believe, I could be wrong on this, that you really should be eating in between sunrise and sunset. Within a That should be your feeding window. Um, whether you, you have a six-hour feeding window, eight-hour, ten-hour feeding. If you're an athlete, you need a larger fi uh, feeding window, meaning someone who is working out all the time, then you should have a larger feeding window. You shouldn't reduce it. Now, if you're a couch potato, then you can have a smaller feeding window where you're only eating six hours a night. However, with the, 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 and by the way, this is based off of research from those two places uh, or people that guessed and stuff, not just my ass, okay, so it's coming from somewhere. Um, the thing is about that practical reality, we live in a society with other people. If you have kids and a, and a, a significant other or you're on the schedule of society, then doing that feeding window is difficult. So that's why, even though that may be optimal based on everything we know about humans, most people choose to have a feeding window sometime between 1 p.m., 3 p.m. start to like, you know, 
you know, no more than two hours before bed. Now I'm a late night snacker. I know the research says don't do that. I do it, but I, I'm pretty healthy, so it's not that big a deal. But for sure, if you are not a healthy person, you're struggling, no eating, like, I think it's like two hours before bed, like at all. Um, so you need to do that and, and, and do that. And these are just some resources, people that I have used, so I can vouch for them, that I've listened to them, I've listened to the information that they've given, and I'm saying that. But there are lots of resources. What you don't want to do when it comes to diets is get jump on fad diets. They're not good. Um, just because it's working for some person doesn't mean it'll work for you. You have to look at many factors. Really, the best thing to do is get comprehensive blood work done monthly, comprehensive genetic testing relating to nutrition. Unless you have the money to pay for that, unfortunately, it's not practical. In at least Canada, our socialized medicine is not what it, they claim it is. Sorry, it doesn't does, does almost nothing for prevention, um, which would be cheaper on the system, you morons. But anyways, and if you're in America, well, I guess you have to pay it up. Now, I don't know about European. I know the British NHS is not going to be doing that. It's a disaster of a system. But maybe some of the Nordic com- countries, if anyone knows more about the Nordic medical systems, then I'd love to talk to you. But, you know, because uh, they often get used as an example countries for things, right? Um, these are just things to consider if you don't do proper testing and you don't really know your body, then you're not going to uh, be able to uh, find what works for you. And just remember, it can't be extreme. Unless you're one of those few people who uh, who can stay on the dedicated thing forever, then it is what it is. So moving on to exercise, right? So, you know, the Dolce Diet, uh, they have an exercise program they give you as well. So that's really cool, um, just so you know. But you have to find what works for you. The research is showing more and more and more like it's ironic, even though humans are meant to be endurance athletes, because that's our only advantage as a f- physically as the, in the animal kingdom is we're endurance athletes. Turns out most endurance athletes have problems because they uh, screw up. Th- again, I forgot all this stuff, but they screw up their hormones. What they actually should do to counter it is lift weights because they give opposite effects. So people often think, oh, I need to run a marathon to be in shape. Nope. It's actually more effective to do sprints if you want overall health. Sprints suck, though, (laughs) right? Lifting weights can be good. Balance. And you, of course, have to like it, right? I personally like, you know, I mentioned the Russian methodology, which is uh, in the blog post. So, again, if you want more links for some of the stuff I've said in the blog post, they're in the blog posts, right? Whereas you don't go to the extreme. You don't push to the extreme because your body is not using as much energy to constantly recover. And you get that kind of old man strength a lot quicker. Right, so you need to find what you want. You just know some things don't get together. For example, jujitsu. I love jujitsu. I think if you're looking for a fun thing to do that's practical, you should be doing jujitsu. Of course, I should be promoting Kramaga. Um, more people are drawn to jujitsu. I'm fully aware of that than Kramaga because Kramaga training can be a little bit harder in many ways um, than than jujitsu training. Even though it's easier to learn, jujitsu training is a fucking nightmare. But anyways. Le- learning methodology. You know, you need to, you need something that'll keep you going, right? If you hate running, then don't run. Lift weights. If you hate lifting weights, then run. Maybe it's for you have the option to do hikes near you. It just needs to be regular. Now, if you have a busy schedule, there are options. When you have a busy schedule, you can fit ten minutes a day. You know, do ten minutes in the morning squats or whatever. Ten minutes in the afternoon. Ten minutes, and that way you get. Generally, they recommend at least twenty you know, to 40 minutes a day of active exercise. Do things like walk to work if you can. 
It's not always practical, but just think, take the damn stairs if you live in a building. If you're not carrying anything, of course. And if you want to, you can do it while carrying something. Build fitness into your routine. I haven't read the book, but I know Tim Ferriss' The 4-Hour Body uh, talks about ways you can, you can be more efficient in your day with small time frames. So that's, you know, that's one option. I know Ben Greenfield, he, I mean, he works at home basically, but he, every 20, 30 minutes he'll get up and he has, a, I think, a trap bar. He'll do some deadlifts on his trap bar and then he goes back to it and it just keeps him fit. The guy is shredded, by the way, but he does all sorts of experiments. You have to make it fun for you. Find stuff to keep you active. There is a difference, by the way, you should know, between being physically, aesthetically pleasing, right, abs and stuff, and being healthy. With that being said, not an expert on this. I genuinely believe that if you're unable to get reasonably toned, you haven't quite figured out a piece of your puzzle yet, right? If you have excess belly fat, you, there's something going on or you're doing something wrong or there's something you're missing. Maybe it's a amino acid. Maybe it's a specific thing. Maybe your body's not absorbing. There's just, you're missing something, right? If you exercise all the time and you eat healthy and you still have that gut, Male or female, there's something going on. By the way, I should mention fasting. Women, the new traditional studies don't really do studies on women, and they're finding women shouldn't it shouldn't do long-term fasting. It's not as good for women's as men uh, for genetic differences, physiological differences, which there are. No shocker. So you know you have options for exercise. You can um, lift weights. You can run. You can pick up a sport. Right. You can do a martial arts. You can do hiking. You find something that works with your preferences and your lifestyle to do that so that you can actually um, get what you need. And even if it's just build it, walking to the store next door one instead of driving, carrying it back, you know, don't injure yourself, obviously, but, you know, uh, whatever you can figure it out kind of thing. So there is that. Now, the physical balance is the one that most people focus on. But let's talk about mental, because that's the complicated one, really. So seek balance, you must. Mental. Seek balance, you must. Mental. Balance is the current theme. A simple idea, yet one we all seem to struggle with. At first, the problem is understanding. What does balance look like for me? Then it becomes, how do I put some pieces together to achieve balance? The easiest and more understood aspect is the balance in your physical life, fitness, nutrition. But here we will once again discuss the challenge of mental balance. This is a topic I am well versed in, both personally and otherwise. I've written a lot in the past, whether from the point of view of meditation and mindfulness, how music affects mood, or the overall notion of mental self-defense. One thing for sure... This is one of the most difficult areas in your life in which to find balance. I myself am still trying to maintain and manage this one. For some of us, it is harder, and for others, it is easier. If everything has always been good in your life, then it is much easier to maintain a happier mentality. Though if you go too far, you may find yourself having been sold on toxic positivity. On the other hand, if all you've ever known is sadness and pain, then getting out of that mindset might be quite difficult for you and you may find yourself grappling with clinical depression. The key, and something we don't like to admit, is that we actually need a balance of all our emotions. We, as humans, must learn to control our 
more animalistic and compulsive tendencies to let our emotions overwhelm us. It's time to channel the inner Bene Gesserit of Dune in all of us and realize that without this control, we are more animal than human. Once upon a time, our emotions served us well, guiding us away from danger without thinking too much. Unfortunately, our ancient nervous systems are slow to adapt to the constant input of the 21st century. When we only had to find food, shelter, and company, and safety from animals, the weather, and marauding tribes who want to rape and pillage, we actually had a lot more quiet time. We'd work during the daylight and rest at night while dangers lurked in the dark. Sure, we lived shorter lives with everything could kill us, but we were nonetheless far simpler. Nowadays, our longevity is far less of an issue, but now we have so much more to deal with. Constant notifications from our pockets, constant forms of entertainment, and the constant stresses from Bill's work and complicated interpersonal politics with far too many people than we were evolved to handle. No wonder people are losing their shit these days. The fact is we have lost our mental balance. That is, a balance between being stimulated and finding inner peace through quiet. If you feel like you are overstimulated and overwhelmed, chances are, well, you are. In times like this, the trend is towards meditation and time with your own thoughts. But for many, the idea of meditation is completely foreign and uncomfortable. Recent studies have even shown that for some, meditation can actually make their anxiety or depression worse. I've seen anywhere from 8 to 25% of people. It depends on the study, of course. Unfortunately, as usual, there is no one-size-fits-all solution. But for most of us, there may be some benefits to finding the calm within the storm through practice quiet time. Yes, that's right, I said quiet time rather than meditation. While there's lots of research on the positive benefits of meditation, I often wonder if it's really just about taking quiet time to think and be without all the noise. For me personally, actually sitting down and meditating is quite challenging, as to turning my mind off can be difficult. So if it's not for you, then simply find the time to be calm and quiet. For me lately, I have found great benefit in taking walks. No music, no podcasts, no companions, just me, myself, and I. During these walks, I think about anything or nothing without the pressure of asking, am I doing this right? As many people unconsciously do with meditation. Find somewhere you like to go, perhaps a close to a park or just a walk to a bench. Sit and people watch with no real goal. The goal ultimately, though, is to find a way to just be Simple, right? I mean, it, it really is, yet so many of us forget to make the time for quiet. We know when we take care of a child, it's important for them to be comfortable in the quiet, yet as adults seem to forget this skill. You don't need to get swept up in all the cult-like yoga center or breathing practices, though non-cult ones are great, like the Wim Hof breathing method. All you need to do is realize that to find your mental balance in this chaotic, loud, and distracting world we have built is to find the time for some unstructured quiet time where you can calm your nerves and just be. Seeking the balance inside that you always needed may be only a matter of finding comfort in nothing. Not in a philosophical way, a literal one. It's just that easy. You won't know, though, until you try. So seek your mental balance and find your inner quiet. Then, hopefully, the storm that so many of us think we see on the horizon may quickly fade into nothing more than dust on the wind. 
Written by Jonathan Fader. Audio by Jonathan Fader. Okay. Did that stir up any emotions in you? So I'd like to talk about something called mindfulness. I'm going to read, and I'll put this in the link, the Wikipedia version of mindfulness. Mindfulness is the practice of purposely bringing one's attention to experiences occurring in the present moment without judgment, a skill one develops through meditation or other training. Mindfulness derives from sati, a significant element of Buddhist traditions, and based in Zen, Vipassana, and Tibetan meditation techniques, etc., etc., etc. Does that sound woo-woo to you? Yes, yes, it does. And that's the spin that often people take when teaching it. Um, now, I, I don't know exactly uh, the details, but because I've never done it. But there's a wrestler, or former wrestler, Carl Diamond Dallas Page. If you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, he did. <laughs> He's a character. He talks about his thing. He started yoga, and it worked so amazing for him. But there's a stigma around yoga because it's being pushed from the mindfulness aspect from these hippy-dippy people who sound like they've done too much LSD acid. And I can't take them seriously. And many people can't take them seriously. But so what Diamond Dallas Page did is he said, okay, I'm not, I want you guys to do yoga. All these ex-wrestling you know, wrestling fans and these macho men and, and what would be considered toxic masculinity, which is bullshit. Okay, that's bullshit. It's just called being a man, and that's how testosterone works. But he realized that if you change the name from yo- I'm making you do yoga to DDPY, Diamond Dallas Page Yoga, or DDPY, people are going to start following it. And then he was still getting resistance. So he just called it, his website just t- changed DDP, right? And his base is no running, no jumping, no lifting. You can do this, right? I'm just looking at his website. Now, he's taking the physical because that's an easier sell, but he's also getting the mental, finding that balance. Mindfulness is something that we hear all over the place nowadays. If you're in a school, you cannot avoid it, but the way they teach it drives me nuts. What I often talk about when teaching Krav Maga is that if you actually learn the awareness color code, which was originally created uh, by Jeff Cooper and then Marines modified it, you have white, yellow, orange, red, black, Right, white being totally unaware, unprepared, yellow relaxed alert, orange specific alert, red fight, and black catastrophic breakdown. Your mind has failed on you. If you take this combat mentality of and apply it to your nervous system, because it's essentially the same thing, you realize, am I in yellow most of the time? Or white is where you should be, yellow and white. White if you're at home, totally safe, there's no reason to feel yellow when you're out and about you should be totally relaxed but still you're paying attention part of that is what are you feeling inside am i feeling anxious uh if you're an orange which is a specific alert and there's no physical threat it means it's perception you're perceiving a threat now you might be right reading a situation but this is where we start to talk about anxiety and paranoia and then it gets into red fight your nervous system starts saying that I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, but you're not. For some people with traumas, they'll have a trigger that they think they're fighting, but they're not, and it triggers a fight response in them. So a more DDP style of approaching mindfulness is the awareness color code. If 
you can't get people to do awareness and sit and meditate. It can be tough. So everyone is different. Everyone they always want to shove down people's throats. This is how you do it. No, that's easy if everyone does the same thing. But the reality, everyone's different. The fact is that you need to be aware inside. Am I feeling anxious right now? Oh shit! I need to be mindful of my emotions. Why am I getting upset right now? Something's going on, right? That some people like journaling so they can keep better track. I mentioned I forgot I was on keto and I was getting aggravated all week long. When I'm like, oh, I thought I fixed this. And I'm like, just, oh, shit, I'm on keto. That's why I'm being aggressive, right? Now, if you have anxiety or you have OCD or you have these things, you know, it's hard. But you got to get over it. You're going to drive yourself nuts and everyone else around you nuts because you can't control your anxiety. Because you can't be mindful and be like, oh, shit, internally I feel like I'm in red or orange. But there's no reason for that. And then bring it down. Now, what coping mechanisms you have to find that balance internally is up to you. Whether it be yoga, whether it be exercise, whether it be a walk, whether it be a pets, whether it just be quiet time. This is something that I uh, mentioned. For me, if I don't get quiet time, I will be more agitated. If I don't get downtime, I will be agitated. Here's the problem. It makes me far less productive. But my operating system is one in which I can only do so much. Like I can do like two things and then I start to burn out. You know, it sucks for me. I'm not a high performer energy wise. That's from trial and error of my own life from pushing hard in periods and pushing not. I come up with my best ideas in silence. I'm the calmest when I have time to think. And I think that's the same for everybody personally. Our uh, rat race world that we live in doesn't allow that. I gotta go to my job. I gotta go to this. I gotta meet this. I gotta do that. I gotta go do this. I have to. And you can't even make the time to have 10 minutes. That's a, personally, I believe that's the real benefit of meditation. Not even the action itself, just the quiet, just the time to think. And I think people have put it into a practice, not realizing it's even simpler than that. Just quiet. Go for a walk with no music in a quiet place. Go for a walk. A run with no music. Just be in your own thoughts. Lie down on the couch when you're not tired because you'll fall asleep with your own thoughts. Don't even think about anything. Just whatever. It's that quiet time, I think, is the important thing because it takes it allows your nervous system to calm down, right? If you're in a fight with someone, just that's why they say leave and walk and calm down. Some, you may need to disappear for an hour, two or three, five minutes for some people. Everyone's different. But finding that ca- quiet within I think is really important right in the last uh, you know forever we've found uh, we've started researching mental illness now again if as we don't know everything we're not even close to scratching the surface because we have only started looking at this in the last few years and there are some biases being shoved in there so you have to be careful about this and, and assumptions about human behavior that are being put in but we don't know because we weren't studying ourselves for the last I don't know 100,000 years modern humans 10,000 year recorded uh, history that we have archaeological maybe 12 Gobekli Tepe is 12 right and we have no idea we were, ju- we're just guessing about how humans behaved back then socially so you know often Social psychologists make assumptions about human behavior based on now and not yesterday or tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, it's a bullshit theory. But anyways, we do need to find our balance. 
I think that is one of the biggest positives we got out of COVID was the realization, and I've been saying this for years, a lot of jobs don't require you to go into an office. And in fact, people are going to more be more productive and have happier, more balanced lives if they can work from home. The model of needing the office was that, was there before computers. It was necessary. Now it's not. Now we need to redesign our society, not from these, you know, conspiratorial, but we need to redesign things so that we allow the same level of productivity and of all parties. Now, again, I've talked about this. I think I talked about it uh, in the podcast I did with Casey Keller. I forgot what episode. Um, about the people at the top are like, oh, everyone will just be creative. Well, no, because some people like doing their jobs and that's what gives them purpose. So you have to also find your purpose to find your balance, your mental balance, right? And we have to be aware that this is the hardest thing. If you, I know people who have uh, have mental health problems and they don't know it, don't want to accept it, right? You're not really crazy if you acknowledge the things you're doing. You can't possibly. A, a truly crazy person is one that doesn't even know. Now, I know people who are delusional. I know people who are schizophrenic. I know people who are this. I've met them in my life. Some who know there's a problem. They actively know there's a problem and they, they can manage it. Others refuse to accept there's anything wrong with them. And they wonder why their life is problematic, right? I'm a human being too. I've written extensively on this blog about my issues with depression, among other things. And it's still an ongoing battle, right? Partially because the hormones calm down. Maybe I won't find my Zen till I'm in 50s where my hormones are just like flatline, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Um, and maybe that's just my genetics, but I can find coping mechanisms, right? You have to find what works for you to find the balance. And if you don't, it's going to be a problem. One of the harder things about finding balance mentally is the fact that, guess what? You have to work with other people. And I'll talk about this in the family one. But when you're working with other people, you all ha may have a happy family, but you all have different balances that you need. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get into that in a bit more detail later. But you need to both balance your mental health and other people's mental health. So I'll leave it at there. It's a, it's a hard thing to discuss, but you, the first thing you have to realize is, do I have a problem mentally? If you do, what are the paths to fixing it? You have to identify first, then you can fix it. And you might have to try different things. You know, I've talked about this many times. Don't jump right to medication. Don't, unless you've tried everything else. Don't jump right to that. Try other things. It might be your job. It might be your significant other. It might be your family situation. You need to figure out what the issue is. If it's just you by yourself, guess what? It's all internal, and you're going to have to do some work. And the easiest way to do that is find the quiet time to really think about it. And if you can't, then find someone who can give you proper perspective. It doesn't have to be a, a licensed therapist, just somebody that you like trust and respect that can give you a perspective of course if you're not sure then yes find someone who's who knows what they're doing but my experience with therapists has been mediocre at best don't just take everything they say uh you know without critically thinking for yourself and know that uh if you lie even unintentionally to them they cannot give you the best advice and we do this all the time we lie to protect our own egos and we can't get the best advice because of that. So just something to consider. So let's move on.
to seeking balance in the family life. Balance You Must Seek, Family Life by Corey. When my first daughter was born, my martial arts training faded into the rearview mirror and my overall fitness with it. It is a big adjustment to have another human being be more important than you in your own life. At some point, you have to make serious changes to compensate for the new stresses, obligations, and pitfalls. Otherwise, you are in danger of becoming someone who you don't want your children to look up to. Finding the time. I am a firm believer that, as a parent, you don't deserve time to yourself. Deserving things is marketing ployed and appeal to emotion in order to sell you spa packages and chocolate. In fact, sacrifice is your new normal. However, as a parent, we are still human, mostly, and therefore still need to take care of our bodies, maintain social ties, express creativity, and pursue passions. Otherwise, what type of role model are we? Let's be honest. We all found that nearly three full days it took to watch all eight seasons of Game of Thrones. So we aren't really talking about time here. We are talking about energy. At the end of a long day, you are tired, work life, and the kid's partner have drawn the life force from your body, and the last thing you want to do is expend more of it on exercise. Ironically, multiple studies have indicated that as little as 20 minutes of low to moderate intensity exercise just three times a week can reduce feelings of fatigue. Whereas more committed regimes, 30 to 40 of moderate minutes of moderate to vigorous will improve your mood and fitness in addition to your energy levels. Logically, if you, have, if you improve your energy level and mood, you will find that you have more time for your family and a greater willingness to attain the balance we all need between family and being a human. Example, your physical, emotional, and mental health. Beyond energy, overall fitness is important for a few reasons. 1. Maintaining your fitness means you will be around longer for your family. 2. Physical fitness contributes to mental and emotional fitness, allowing you to contribute positively to your family interactions. 3. Teaching your family good health habits will mean they are happier and are around longer, too. Finding the actual time. I don't have time blank. I have kids. Is a classic excuse for not doing anything. Once we have tackled the real underlying problem of energy, it can be, depending on your family schedule, difficult to find the minutes or hours to engage in non-parenting activities. Remember that sacrifice is your new normal. Step one is to make good health a priority, not just make time for it, but actually make mental, emotional, and physical fitness a family value. Talk to your kids about what you, do, you are doing and teach them why it is important especially as you get older, and invite curiosity. Common tips for carving the, out the time. In the morning, get up before everyone else and fit in a workout. Read or meditate. Everyone else is asleep, so they won't miss you. Sleeping in, I in is a bad for you anyway, according to the study linked. At night, as above, but hit that 40-minute routine after the kids are in bed. Break into small chunks. If you cannot find a solid 30 to 50 minute span during your day, then sneak into exercise in smaller gaps without being totally absent. 
I find that opportunities for an elevated heart rate arise throughout the day with my kids. Running beside them on bike rides, playing tag, swimming, hit routines are also great for utilizing gaps in the day as they can be done effectively in as little as 20 minutes, though you may need a quick clothing change and a wipe down if you're doing it properly. Remember, this isn't just about working out. While exercise has knock-on effects for your emotional and cognitive well-being, you should be seeking opportunities to maintain balance in the non-physical aspects of your life as well. If you can make time for exercise, you can make time to call an old friend, draw, meditate, etc. Make self-care a family activity. Fourth tip, more philosophical, for finding the actual time for your health and wellness is to involve your family in the activities you are engaging in. Combine any or all of the first three tips and incorporate the rest of your clan directly or indirectly. For some families, this becomes a bonding experience, a point of pride, or even a family tradition. Whether you are sharing time in calm, silence, challenging each other's creative skills, cooking, a great way to teach nutrition, self-reliance, and science and creativity, or starting a basic exercise routine, you need to be aware that you are working in a group with varying levels of ability. Make sure that your expectations are realistic and plan accordingly. For example, have variations of each exercise that your kids can do safely. Give time to your less proficient readers and have material they can work with. Allow kids to help you if they can't do something themselves. I got lucky. Both of my girls are very physical and fascinated by martial arts. There are, is plenty of advice out there for how to tweak your activities. You already love so that your new recruits can participate. Icy Mike over at Hard to Hurt has a great video on pad holding when training martial arts with inexperienced family members. Link in article. And horror B-movie superstar Bruce Campbell, also link, espouses a benefits of lo- the benefits of lollygagging as a men- means of mental health maintenance. He defines lollygagging as the act of doing exactly what you want for an indeterminate period of time, preferably outdoors, for no particular reason. You will likely find that there are lots of options for getting your crew into full body health. The earlier you instill good habits in your young people, the easier it will be for them to maintain those habits. Throughout their lives, seeing these as an essential art of life as well should. As we all should. Children often don't know the difference between play and exercise. You can use this blissful ignorance against them. Be wary of the two busy parent fallacies. Two common imbalances that I have seen among my fellow parents come in the guise of good choices, but are in truth thinly veiled excuses for neglecting you, yourself, or your family. Hiding from the family via self-care. This occurs when you never are around due to the overprioritization of your own health. You are always escaping family obligations, time with your kids, which can be tedious, by forever having to work out, training session, or other me-time requirements. Your brood needs you. Yes, working out or engaging in self-care is harder when you have a schedule it around others, but reread the above tips and you will be able to figure something out. Often, you'll end up with a hybrid, a balanced approach, where some activities are done together, and some are on your own. Having a supportive and informed partner helps a lot. Hiding from self-care via family. 
This comes in the form of justifying the lack of action on your health and mental emotional stability and that of your families due to claims that you're over-prioritizing quality time with your kids or putting their needs first. While this may be noble in intention, it is often socially acceptable to excuse uh, acceptable excuse to let yourself go. I've been there. I know. It is really easy to say. I don't want to be tired when I have to deal with the kids tomorrow. But eventually, I discovered that shirking my workouts resulted in it being difficult to keep up with them and lift them over my head. Plus, I fell out of shape and I became irritable. And that's not good for me or them. Again, reread the sections above. Exercise gives you the energy and mood stability to keep it chill. Ultimately, this is balancing act the theme. You will find that it is probably best to transition slowly at first. Do some things early, some things late, and some as a group. This is a process. Don't be afraid to restart, reassess, rethink, and you will find something that you work to get you back in the gym while fulfilling your duties as a parent, or back in the family while staying fit and sane. In summary, the goal is balance. Doing what you need to do to maintain your family life while at the same time ensuring that you maintain yourself so that they are, uh, that you are of use to said family, let's not forget, as a parent, you are now responsible for the well-being and development of a human. They are famously complex creatures, and like it or not, they are looking at you as a model for how to live and act. So it is of the mo- utmost importance that you figure out how to maintain balance between improving their mental, emotional, and physical wellness and your own. Asking yourself honestly, what do you want them to see when they look up to you? For those moments when you feel weak, find strength in the examples you are setting. Written by Corey O. Audio by Jonathan Fader. Okay, how is that? Now, I didn't write that one. Specifically because I don't have a family yet and my history of relationships has been questionable (laughs) i'm in my longest term relationship now as i'm recording this is it's not without its ups and downs of course um fact be careful who you marry be careful who you have children with the number one thing that breaks up relationships is money and number two is completely different ideologies especially when kids are coming involved so here's a thought unless it's your high school sweetie or get your shit together financially and emotionally because if you keep having emotional and relationship problems it's probably that and i can vouch for that as a martial artist guess what a lot of us don't make money or that much money i should say and uh, the type of people I like usually like to live more uh, expensive lives. So it's been an issue in the past and whatnot. Now, so first of all, get your shit together. If you have a traumatic childhood and you have difficult relationships, that's something to consider. Sort it out before you settle down. Everyone, divorce rates are high, one, because they're allowed, and two, because people marry people they shouldn't and don't sort their shit out. So get your finances sorted out. The other thing that is a huge indicator of whether or not a marriage is going to be successful is do you have the same beliefs? A good example would be if someone really supported Trump and someone really hated Trump and that's going to drive a wedge between the marriage, you're going to have trouble. You don't. You should have similar religious ideologies. You should have similar ideologies beyond that political affiliations. It'll just make things easier. If you have totally different opinions on how things could 
work. It's going to be a challenge. I remember growing up, there was a show called Dharma and Greg, like a bohemian hippie and a you know trust fund lawyer. We always have the idea that opposites attract, but I mean, they might in the uh, romantic sense for some fun tryst or, or happy happy times, etc. But the reality is, if you meet someone with similar ideologies, your life is going to be a lot easier in a relationship with a child, children, or pets even. <laughs> now, in, in the mental thing, I talked about finding balance. A good thing to do is just build family activities to build balance. That's actually something Ben Greenfield does a lot. They build in family time so that you find the quiet. You do quiet time together and you make it routine. You do exercise together. Make it routine. You know, as I'm recording this, I have a few families who've started training with me. And it's like, that's amazing. They get in the physical activity together, right? Often people don't train their martial arts, for example, because their family detracts. Now, there's a couple reasons for that. Maybe your family life is not as great as you think, and your spouse and kids need more attention than you'd like, which affects you. Now, again, if you find the right partner and you do things together, you will actually save a lot of time. Or if you're both partners got their shit together and you're totally okay with doing your own thing separately or with the kids periodically while you find the balance, then that's, that's, that's something you can do. Now, again, I'm not an expert on this. I don't have a family. I'm just going based off what I've read and what I've seen. Right? In the article, it talks about I'm too busy. Well, no. First of all, as a family, you have to prioritize what's what. Now, f- first things first. If there are kids involved, guess what? They come first. I don't have kids and I know that. You have to make sure they're getting what they need. If your life is set up great, then you can manage it, do things together. I am planning on bringing my kids to do martial arts. Guess what? Something we can enjoy as a family and do together. Uh, I am planning on learning with my children. If they need to learn music and say I'm doing homeschooling, uh, I can learn it with them, right? You build the bonding, but you also make sure, you know, they get their quiet time too by themselves. They're alone, unsupervised time, playtime at the appropriate age, of course, right? Managing your personal mental health, your personal activities that lead to your mental and physical health with your family time is the hardest thing. Family is one of the biggest reasons people stop training. They start having a family, they stop training rather than building it into a lifestyle. Now, if you marry someone that likes, if you're a physical person and you marry someone who's not physical, guess what? That's going to conflict. You want to do martial arts? That's the reason a lot of martial artists marry each other because it's just easier. Because It's like waitresses or waiters. It's a really difficult schedule or nurses. The schedules are really difficult to match up to other people who are on a 9 to 5 schedule. So when you have a 9 to 5 schedule at one person and you someone has a night shift or weekend shift, you don't get into that regular Monday to Friday schedule. It can be really tough. And these are actually things I think you need to think about before finding a partner. Because it's one thing when there's no kids involved. It's another thing when there's kids involved. And I think a lot of people forget this. When they find a partner, they don't... Like, if in the back of your head, kids are on the table, you have to approach partner selection, I think, very different than if kids are not on the table. One, you'll need to find someone who doesn't want kids or wants kids. But two, you need to think about if our schedules are totally out of whack and we don't have tons of money, how are we going to balance this? How am I going to do the activities I like? How are you going to do the activities I like? kids are going to do this or not right they're different if you don't have kids it's a lot easier but even then if you only see each other once in a while because you have completely different schedules it's going to be tough 
whether that's to do martial arts, whether that's to do the activities you like, you have to plan, actively plan to do things together. And, you know, you can't always do things together. I have a habit of finding people who either want to do everything together with me or nothing together with me. It's hard to find the balance in between. Um, I naturally don't mind doing a lot of stuff with someone that's me, but if you're the person who likes to do their own thing, then you need to find someone who's okay with doing their own thing too. But guess what? If kids are a factor, you really got to think about that and how that's going to affect it. So this topic is one that I have less experience of, right? I can say, you know, my parents are still alive, so I don't want to talk about my childhood too, too much until such a time as, uh, you know, hopefully 10, 20 years from now, you know, heaven forbid, uh, they're still around, but uh, I can speak for, uh, to a degree, like I didn't have enough guidance as a child. I didn't have enough attention in ways that were productive. Um, I had too much unsupervised playtime, stuff like that. It was not a balanced childhood, which led me to be this person that I am today. But, you know, one day maybe I'll talk about that more in detail. Don't want to throw my parents under the bus too much publicly while they're still alive. I'll be that nice. at least. No, they're good people, but things were not as I wish they had been. So when kids are involved, you have to think, how can I maintain balance for me? How can my spouse maintain balance for them? How can we maintain balance for the kids? How can we maintain our whole balance? How can I maintain my mental, physical, and everything? I think, of course, martial arts is a really good way to do that. Family martial arts. You get your physical, you get some mental, you get some family time. I am, of course, biased. You can always find a martial arts that I don't personally like that works for you. It's fine. You can do hikes together. I see I have families I follow that they go on hikes every weekend. They're out in nature all the time. Probably a good idea. It's quiet. They get exercise. They get exploring, right? I know people who go to like, we have something in Vancouver, Science World. Go to Science World every three months. Not as good as I remember as a kid. I think they need better funding. Um, You can do field trips with your kids that are fun for everyone. Don't just do the goddamn stupid ass Instagram we're going to the pumpkin patch and that's our field trip for the thing. Like do something that is stimulating for them. Go to a museum, go to a whatever. If you don't like that stuff, well, your kids have to learn too. If lead by example with your kids for sure. So bottom line is that this was about balance, seeking balance and seeking balance can be tough. The first step is to balance yourself physically and mental. Then you can balance a family physically and mental. Most of us screw that up and do it in the wrong order. And we have the chaos that we have these days. So I hope, again, as always with some of these, it's given you perspective. You know, again, I'll say it a million times. I, I hate researching and giving links to look at. I'm going to leave, I'm going to put a few links at the end of, in into the show notes, whatever you want to call them. You know, particularly uh, the keto, uh, some stuff specifically that I think you should check out to help you find balance. You can find your own path, whether it's meditation, physical, mental, therapy, whatever. Work within your budget because that will just stress you out. Work within your time constraints. 
you'll find a way if you want to. But one thing that's for sure is that if you haven't found your balance, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you never will. I think, what was it, Einstein is doing the same thing, I think. He said something, yeah, I believe it's Einstein. He said, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you don't make the changes to seek the balance that you need, you'll just drive yourself and everyone around you crazy. So I think I'll leave it at that. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions.